This week on Over the Farm Gate, we are bringing you another BFA special. In these specials, we'll be chatting with past winners of the British Farming Awards, catching up with them since the awards ceremony last year, and seeing what they are up to and what has progressed. I'm joined by the 2021 Gold winner for the Digital Innovator of the Year, Farshad Kazmian, who alongside Glenn Burroughs launched The Ethical Butcher in 2018. An idea to deliver meat boxes nationwide, which has led to one of the most viral social media campaigns over the last few years. As they developed their business strategy, they launched the social media campaign Reganuary. It was a constructive pushback against Veganuary and was picked up globally and farmers and food production businesses all over the world joined the cause in encouraging consumers for the whole of January to source as much of their food as possible from regenerative farming. It's safe to say the term got people thinking and now more than ever, consumers are becoming more conscious about where their food comes from. So Farshad, welcome to the podcast and thank you so, so much for chatting to me today. I know how busy you are. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me. And so what's happened since we last spoke at the British Farming Awards with the business? So... I mean, we we have a lot of things happening at the same time. Uh, my team, each of them, and it, at each different parts are super active, and and we're just pushing the boundaries as we can in social, in you know, in production, in everything that we do. And I must say, one of the luckiest things that I have is that anyone who is involved in our business whether it be a butcher or a farmer or a, a customer or a restaurant or chef, they're all willing to create and support us to make this change. And, and they're all kind of part of what we called a few years ago, craft meat revolution. Uh, if you take restaurants, for instance, we, uh, we're talking and working with our chef and they're really collaboratingly helping us in being able to f- to say for on simplest thing like on faucet bill or on you know so whereas traditionally the chefs used to receive five six deliveries a week sometimes second delivery on a day now they know that okay this transport can be managed so sometimes i talk to the chefs i say our farmer is doing the holistic land management with you we have to do holistic van management and uh, and now they it's just a matter of planning it's just using technology and plan it a little bit better to get more of our resources. Like Bob is doing the same. And because of that, and because people want to support it, we're seeing that, you know, we are more optimistic to the future. So one of the things that happened since the British Farming Award was that whilst we're building on the, in the background and working with our farmers to create and increase the support, which was available to us we also work on the wholesale side of it because personally i thought that this regenerative movement would only move uh, forward uh, in a larger scale when restaurants are supporting it and that was my mission to do that and also with my wholesale background in the meat industry i could see myself being able to influence that and uh, our farmers uh, they supported that. So over the last two years, the production of the cattle, for instance, has increased. And now this year we had the volume that we could offer it to restaurants. So after the camp, after the 
British Farming Awards, we started a campaign where we started to offer our regenerative meat, which previously was only available in our meat boxes to consumers at home. Now we're offering it to restaurants. And when we started the campaign, immediately some of the really, really good sustainable restaurants, uh, they came and they um, uh, and they came on board. And uh, we also had few ten conversation with really good forward-thinking business owners uh, who wanted to make a change and who wanted to come on board and help us and support the whole industry. And um, yesterday actually was a great day, I think, for the whole industry because Honest Berger, they have decided that they they move uh, from using just the conventional meat to regenerative meat, and now they're working with guys at grassroots farmers uh, and uh, and they have the regenerative meat now being used in the restaurants with the aim to do a complete switch over uh, in the next 12 months. And we are part of that project with them. So we work alongside uh, um, Honest Burger to, to take that further. And, and on the back of this collaboration and partnership, we're also creating something which is quite interesting. We call it Honest and Ethical. So it's a collaboration of two brands and the name actually delivers what is in the box. And we'll be creating honest and ethical uh, steak club. So people who actually like that, they can. And, and having honest burger again is an indication because now we would have the volume of having more primals if people want to have that. We always had, you know, the, the family cuts and the low cost cuts available at volume, but now we have the prime cuts available at volume. Which is, which is quite encouraging. There are two more estate restaurants uh, who are looking to come on board. And, and the, what I'm saying is that the more restaurants come on board, the, the better the industry would flourish and the more you know, farmers get encouraged because they see, okay, there is a premium to be paid, be ready to switch. And uh, what I feel that is happening now uh, is that if you're looking at organic, when it started, uh, the perception was that organic is expensive because it came to the market at a time where the industry has learned how to produce food cheap. And nobody realized that organic is actually not expensive. It's the real price of the food that we had to pay. But because the cheap food was put forward, it was seen as expensive. And now I think we are at a point where I feel that there is actually a new category of the meat in the horizon that soon might even be appear on supermarket shelves. And to me, that is beyond organic. That is that is regenerative. So it could be, I mean, for me, the gold standard, I think, would be organic and regenerative. But I feel that is on the radar. And I talk to a lot of people, a lot of industries uh, in the same space as we are. And then, and then they all agree that... Uh, the the regenerative should be something that uh, you know that people would look at it in future. Yeah, and so if someone you know buys their meat from you, the ethical butcher, what will they what will they sort of be guaranteed? You know, what goes into the meat to make sure it's ethical, so that someone buying it knows, well, you know what, what, I, what I'm buying is the most sustainable, or it's the most. Um, ethical for for the for the animal what what is going into that 
So what we did so far was that Glenn and myself, we visited the farmers that we bought from. The majority of them are Pasture for Life certified. Uh, a lot of them are organic or organically raised, and, and some of them are regenerative. And uh, we are certified by Soil Association. We are certified by Pasture for Life. We are licensed by Food Standard Agency. We are having salsa certificate. But we actually don't promote any of them because to us, these labels don't really mean anything. Uh, we have them simply in place because we want to have the, uh, the, a good working uh, structure for ourselves because if we work under these guidelines, then it can help us to grow in the right path, if that does make sense. And at some point, I guess we have to use and we will use all of these uh, accreditation because they are fantastic. They're put in place because, uh, because you know, they do the third party checking if you like it. And um, and also as we're getting busier and we're getting more farmers on board, it would become a lot more difficult for us individually to go and see every farm and film it and, and bring it to our, you know, to our community. But then again, we are we are working uh, with few consultants to help us to shape our own standards actually. And uh, and and we we I mean, Glenn keeps saying that what we're doing is a model of continuous improvement. So we try to improve everything that we do along the way. I remember like when we started, we were so proud of having biodegradable packaging as our packaging. And a lot of people actually came to us because we probably were one of the first adopters. I remember uh, when we bought them, uh, we... Uh, we worked with a company and then everything was done and signed in the UK. And then we realized actually this packaging are being shipped from Turkey to the UK. And we thought, hang on, surely there should be a carbon footprint with transporting all of those packaging all the way from Turkey to, to the UK. And that was the first thing that we were not completely happy. Then we found alternative British manufacturers that we were using, but then in the process of getting organic soil association certificate, we actually realized that, okay, these are biodegradable packaging, but actually the core materials, they're coming from overseas and they are being produced in GMO farm. So we immediately stopped that. We went to all of our community and we said, okay, guys, so far we said that biodegradable packaging, we come to a conclusion to think that, okay, we were wrong. We're now using recycled packaging, which is, in our you know, view, is better at the moment where we are. And, uh, and, and we, keep, we keep improving everything doing, so we are doing. So it's not a set of standards. So when it comes to regenerative, so far our, uh, our perception from regenerative was that, okay, you can't use... Uh, uh, it has to be 100% pasture fed. So if you're feeding your cattle with, let's say, fruit and vegetables from the farm, you might actually be breaching the, the rules and you might not be classified as 100% pasture fed. And to us, that's not regenerative because if you have like apples that they fall on the floor and they rot to the ground, it's surely better to use them and turn them into 
food rather than letting them rot in the floor. So that is a regenerative, but it's not 100% pasture-fed. So now, uh, now we are looking at that a little bit closer to see, okay, do we have a different kind of form of regenerative, which is not 100% pasture-fed? If there is, who can actually audit that? Who can actually certify that? We're working with Region Agri, and, uh, and they actually have uh, certified one of our farms, um, uh, which is called Mywood in, in Wiltshire. And that is now the first uh, uh, regenerative certified farm. It's already organic certified. It's already certified by Pasture for Life Association. But then on the back of that, uh, Credit, uh, accreditation from soil, uh, sorry, from organic and pasture fit and regenerative. We started another collaboration, which is actually this is something new, which happened after the British Farming Award, and that is the first time that our meat has gone uh, as regenerative meat in supermarket shelves. So we did a collaboration with a company called Wild Hair. And they are producing uh, lasagna, which is just a specific, uh, it's, it's just one um, exclusive uh, product from their range. And it goes to Ocado. So it has been, I think, on Ocado for about a month now. And, and they promote it as a regenerative product, which is, which is very encouraging and, you know, and exciting for us. Uh, we're also talking to a few uh, online uh, direct-to-consumer delivery apps. They already have few butchers on board, but for them, the interesting part is to bring the regenerative category into their offering and, and let people know what it's all about. And so the Ethical Butcher, as you said, is a fully digital business. There's no physical shop front just for you. For you. Um, you state it's key to having a strong digital presence for the success of the campaign. You know, the Facebook page had more than 6,000 followers before you even sold one kilogram of meat. Um, That's right. With the official launch in February 2020, the buzz for Regenery and the ethical butcher was still so apparent. And as you mentioned then, the company is not standing still. It's growing from strength to strength and moving with the times and looking to and striving to be more ethical, if, if that's a thing. So it's it's really no surprise that you won the Digital Innovator of the Year category. Talk to me about what it was like at the awards ceremony when you were announced as the winner. I mean, uh, we have obviously been nominated, and I was so pleased and happy. And 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 the whole team we have worked really really hard, and we never had a day off. Uh, if I'm honest with you, I'm taking one day off in the bank holiday and I'm just visiting my, my brothers overseas. Uh, and, and I haven't had a day off maybe for about four years now, four or five years now. Wow. And the whole team, they have been exactly the same since we started. I mean, obviously part of it because the restriction that nobody could travel, but they have not been there haven't been anything apart from you know just being the dream team to work with and, and after our crowdfunding and this nomination came up and i thought that would be a really really nice way for us as a team to get together to somewhere out of our production unit or out of our business and just celebrate and and for us 
connection with the farmers is really, really, really important. I mean, 10% of the ethical butcher is now owned by regenerative farmers. So for us being in that setting and being in, you know, close to the community meant really, really the world. So we came to the meeting and we actually had two of our regenerative farmers who are supporting the ethical butcher and our backers for us. They, they came with us as well. And uh, and so we have a few people from like uh, our uh, our chief financial officer. He is uh, from Portsmouth, so he came. Sorry, from Exeter, so he came from there. And and the other guys from uh, from Northampton, Shire, and uh, and 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 other places. They all we all came together, and it was really really great. But then it was a really great surprise to to be called up and, and receive the award. And, and I can't explain the joy of it. I mean, I have experienced previously different awards. I have received Great Taste Awards. I have received, you know, nomination for Best Imported Speciality in 2012 from Guild of Fine Food. And I have received prize for Top 50 Food in Britain and Ireland. But I can tell you, Great British Farming Award is the next level up. I mean, the and I honestly, I'm just talking to you, and I have goosebumps. And and the whole table. I mean, all of my team there, and and the guys who were with us: Simon Herring from Herring Farm, and and Johnny Wake from Courtney Hall, and they were there, and it was it was brilliant. Really, really, really privileged to be on that platform. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who deserve it a lot more than we do, but I guess we were the lucky ones. It was, you know, it was a lucky day, let's put it in this way. And, and I said that before, we, I give all of the credit to the farmers because I think all we're managing is that to present and to showcase the great work that they are doing. And, and it should be for every business. Everyone should put the farm names on their menu, be proud of it, celebrate it. And we keep doing that. We have done a couple of, uh, a couple of, on the back of Regenerary, we're now creating something, we call it Regenitarian. So we bring in people from, uh, from the same walk of life in food, in, you know, in agriculture to our platform and, and, and talk to them about, um, about regenerative agriculture we just launched a podcast the first one went yesterday or a few days ago live with john cherry from Grandsman talking about regenerative agriculture on the podcast so far we had people like helen browning from soil association tom parker boards uh team meet from yo valley a lot of people who actually care about you know the natural way of producing food and farming. They have been kind enough to join Glenn on our podcast and we're starting to bring them to, to our social as well. And then what we did, we, we worked with one of our restaurant groups that we worked with called Cold Pepper Family. And, um, and we did organize a regenerative dinner. So the first one was just in January and the second one was a couple of months ago. So what we did, we invited three of our farmers and they produced, they, they supplied the meat to the restaurant. And we invited people to actually come and taste the difference between this, you know, same cut of meat from three different cattle from on three different land and three different farms. And because they are all being 
produce regeneratively under different, you know, it's like a wine, the terroir is just so phenomenally, you know, different, the taste was different. So we're hoping to do another one in September. So this September would be an interesting one, very close to our heart, because then again, uh, there is a lady called Nicolette Heinemann, and she has written a book called Defending Beef, uh, and she lives in America. So she comes to the UK, and she's coming to our September event. And I thought it would be a very, very good opportunity for us to bring three of our female farmers to that panel. The last one was that three of our male farmers, they came to have a discussion before the dinner with Glenn, the ones that we use their product. Now, this time, I think it would be a female-led event and uh, and it would be good. And people love it. What we do, uh, which is interesting in terms of digital, we keep promoting this across the board. So a lot of people, you know, even traveled from, you know, I know we had people from Manchester traveled uh, to come and, you know, to come and attend this event in London. Uh, and, um, and yeah, so really, really exciting time for us in, in that space. So do you think potentially that the pandemic has brought about this change within the public? More people are conscious about where their food comes from. They're wanting to know that if, like you said, with Veganuary, people are saying meat-free Mondays, but people maybe don't want to give up meat, but want to have it in a more ethical way. Do you think the pandemic's brought about that change? Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, when we did our first crowdfunding um, about three and a half years ago, our crowdfunding campaign went live on the day that Eat Lancet report was published. So for us, it was a really, really challenging time because anyone we approached to invest in our business, they said, actually, why do we invest in an industry which is, you know, which is seeing its demise very soon. But for us, that was not the case. We knew that, you know, this kind of regenerative meat and our, you know, our crab meat revolution was, you know, was uh, was the slogan that we pick up then. Uh, and we knew we were probably a lot ahead of the curve then. A lot of people thought that we were crazy, actually, but that actually helped our campaign. And then our um, our website went live, as you know, just like about three weeks before the lockdown. And uh, and we had a really, really good support from the press. Uh, so we had a double page in the Times. The guys, they came to our unit. They did a photography and filming themselves. They even had the outfit ordered themselves for Glenn to wear it in the pictures. Uh, and, um, and it was interesting because the angle from the times then was that a vegetarian who turned a butcher and Glenn used to be a vegetarian for 25 years. So that was the kickstart for our kind of marketing, if you like it. And then we had, uh, in our marketing, we had influencers and then it was coming to our social advertising, which are ads were in the queue to be approved uh, for two or three days usually it takes. And the day that they were approved, uh, by coincidence, the lockdown happened. So that had a huge impact on us and, and a massive, you know, large number of orders they came through that at some point we actually had to shut down our website and tell everyone, wow. okay, we got a little bit of backlog and, and we shut it up. I think for two days we had to shut it down to just process the orders that we had. 
for us, pandemic, yes, it's an opportunity that we didn't expect it, but we used it because uh, our unit was not uh, was not ready for that kind of volume, and and we were ready for a very very modest startup start, but then when the pandemic happened and all of our ads, they just we were advertising what was not available anywhere else and people wanted it. So people would just close their eyes, they'd press the button, they wouldn't have any other alternative, they would buy from us. And, and the problem was I knew that we had a lot of products in-house and, and in orders on the back of our good press that we had at the beginning. But the challenge was how to process them, how to push them out. But because there was a lockdown again, I knew a lot of butchers who were supplying restaurants, for instance, from their work. They were available to, to come and help us. And, and I pulled a team together, so two teams, actually. We worked across two shifts, and we managed to push everything out. So for us as a business, that was great. And in terms of awareness, we have you know, a large number of comments and reviews from people during the COVID who said that, we never put online before. The, the only good thing from pandemic is that we come across your company and people who are in your space and doing a great job. And uh, that was definitely the effect. So I don't think as the, generally speaking, the whole industry in for, for small farmers who supply directly to the public, I think they all share the same experience that pandemic has helped their businesses and, and also has had to uh, has had to kind of move towards that creating that category of regenerative meat. And obviously you've had, like you said, so many celebrities have endorsed the campaign. I know I saw it on TV presenter Dan Walker's Instagram. He buys a lot of meat from from the ethical butcher. Did you ever think that Regenery would get as big as it has and, and fundamentally go viral and go global? The honest answer is no. I knew that we were very combative and that was something that was clear from, for me from the beginning because uh, Glenn and I, uh, we started together. And I had basically, how I know Glenn is that uh, I was looking for some help with my crowdfunding videos and I didn't have any money to put in the video uh, production because it was super expensive. And through a friend, I was introduced to Glenn because he said to me, oh, you, you must meet Glenn. He's as crazy as you are. And he just started to eat meat. I'm sure he's going to support you. And I said to Glenn, look, I haven't got any money, but I have this idea. I ran out of all of my cash and investment but if we do get the crowdfunding, I can pay you then. And he said, yeah, I like what you're doing. I believe in it. I support you in any way I can. And as we working together and I realized how powerful he is and how good he is in, you know, in his you know, uh, reasoning. And because he has been on the other side of you know, uh, story and he has been advocating this before, he knew all of it. And then, and then I knew that, you know, uh, he, Glenn is a great, great, you know, uh, uh, business partner to, to have. And even the name, actually, I have to give the credit to, to Glenn because my name for the company would be the Neo Butcher. 
uh, and then and then as we're talking and we're talking about a different type of meat and and uh, and I came across the report from University of Michigan about ruminant animals can you know can put carbon back into the soil and then Glenn one day said why don't you call it the ethical butcher and I said yeah I like the name and then the moment we did that the first people who struck off were our crowdfunding managers. Uh, I had a campaign manager and she said to me, if you do that, we can't support you because butchers cannot be ethical. And I said, look, I think they actually can be. And she, she said, well, we feel that you're sabotaging your own campaign. And I said, I feel that you're wrong. And, and, and that was it. So, so we had to kind of separate our ways with our campaign managers who have been with me for about eight, nine months. And, and I accepted that we had to change all of our branding. The name has to change to the ethical butcher. But then the moment that we established our social media accounts, so we had um, we had the uh, Facebook and Instagram, I think. And yeah, these two were the first one. Next day, we received abuse from America and from, you know, gosh, we had two or three people just starting attacking us. How can you call yourself ethical butcher? Which Glenn had everything to back it up. I had no worries about that. But the response that we saw, we knew that, okay, we are very bold and we can back it up. So it's going to be big. We didn't know the regenerate would be that big, if I'm honest. But then uh, when the campaign first came out, sorry. I was going to just ask if we could just talk about um, how the BFA Awards help the Ethical Butcher, but also if you've got some advice for people maybe entering this year's British Farming Awards. As we know, like humans, especially farmers, are notoriously shy at putting themselves forward and showcasing themselves in awards like this. So have you any advice or tips for people wanting to apply this year? I personally think the first thing is that there are a lot of people who are well qualified and I repeat that again, doing a greater job that we do, but they are not applying. And unless you're applying, you don't get qualified. So please, please, no matter what you're doing, if you feel that you're doing something different and you're making an impact, you should make that, you know, that investment and apply for the British Farming Awards. And it's a great space to be at. If you can go for the night, please do try to go because that's something not to forget. Uh, we're looking forward to the next year, by the way. And uh, or this year actually. And um, and in terms of how the awards has helped us, I I could count a large number of awards that we had received over the years but British Farming Awards is the only one that is going into our signature at all of the emails that we have because that's the one that we are proud of the most and and, and I I don't know how the impact of this has been but when when I I feel confident that you know when I write supermarkets or when I'm in contact with people who you know who we like to do business with I feel that that is actually give us some credentials. Uh, having it on, having it on our, you know, on our arsenal is help us to to grow further and faster. Hopefully. Well, I just want to wish you the best of luck for all the future things you're going to be doing and how 
I'm just really looking forward to seeing it grow and the Regenerary campaign grow. So just thank you so much for chatting to me today. Um, I appreciate, again, that you're so busy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be in your program. Don't forget to hit subscribe and follow so you can keep up to date when each new episode of Over the Farmgate comes out. And if you'd like to get in touch, please email us on podcasts at agriconnect.com. But until next time, I've been Farmer's Guardian reporter Lucy Baxter and from myself and the whole team at Farmer's Guardian and the British Farming Awards, thank you for joining us.